What up, dogs? Um, right, just before we get into the episode, um, just if you can do me a favor, if you're enjoying the podcast, if it's if it's brightening up your day, <laughs> if you're getting any kind of fucking insights out of it or whatever it might be, just do us a favor. Just whatever your social media of choices, please just give it a quick share on there. So I can get around these all these pesky algorithms, and I can see if the podcast's actually going to go somewhere, and then I'll start fucking paying Zuckerberg the wanger. Cheers. Hey. Right. So this episode of the podcast, we've got AJ Morris. Um. So a lot of you who are listening to this may know of AJ. You may not. Um. So AJ is a natural bodybuilder, he won the 2017 World Championships with, I believe it was the WMBF, World Natural Bodybuilding Federation, as a junior. So he won the world as a junior, as I say, in 2017, and he was supposed to get back on the stage this year as as an open competitor. And obviously, that's all up in the air. Um, he says during this episode that the president of the UK DFBA, which is the UK affiliate to the WMBF, he says that like they're confident they're going to be able to get their British Championship still ran on the time at the want to. So hopefully, he'll get the chance to kind of to see how he fares against the open competitors, the older guys, the bigger boys. Um, but if not, look, he's he's a smart guy. He's got his head switched on. He knows what he knows what he's doing. Head switched on? Head screwed on? Nah, whatever. Uh, it's one of those things. Like I've got no doubt that whatever happens, he'll just take it in his stride and he'll figure out his next best move from there. <sighs> well, sorry guys, I'm bloody. Ugh, didn't get that much sleep after drinking wine and then I've been running. I'm just ugh, I just need to go to sleep to be fair. But uh yeah, this was a good this was a good old chat. So um when I do get back on the platform, not on the platform, on the stage, bloody that many different sports with different venues, I keep fucking losing track of which ones I'm on about. But when I do get back on the stage, um going after me natural bodybuilding pro card in the next few years aj is going to be the guy who helps me get there we've already got an agreement in place he's excited to work with me i'm excited to work with him and man like we just get on and that's a really important thing that not a lot of people kind of think about when they're looking for a coach i don't think like it's one of those things. You could be you could be the best coach in the world with the best program in the world. But if you're an absolute fucking arsehole, <laughs> you're just not gonna get anything out of you're not gonna get anything out of um that person who's paying you for the services and yeah, just me and AJ we get on. Um I like the way he does stuff. I like more importantly how open he is about things, so it's like he doesn't just want to create a load of carbon copies of himself. He just, like, it's one of those things, like, he totally recognises that I'm a bit of a fucking loose cannon. <laughs> and he'll just give me the advice accordingly based off that, you know, and, like, 
yeah, like, I think he's the guy who could actually fucking keep me, keep me on a leash and actually keep me going. So that's going to be cool when we do get the chance to do that. But anyway, this episode isn't about me, it's about AJ. So, um, yeah, we just talked about his training, how he turned his garage into a gym, um, how the lockdowns affected his life, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, like the decisions, why he, why he took so much time off the stage, whether this is something that people could benefit from doing in their own training. We touched on loads of different stuff and... It was just a good shot with a fucking good guy, and I haven't spoken one properly for a while, and yeah, man, just just a cool episode, just fun to do. Like, I'm just really, I'm just really enjoying just getting to catch up with people, and you know, I should have done this a hell of a long time ago, but it's one of those things. I didn't. Right, so please enjoy this episode. I'm not sure what number it is. I don't know where it's going to come out. But, please enjoy the episode. Episode whatever the hell it is. With AJ Morris. Oh. You can follow AJ Morris. At AJ Morris underscore on Instagram. And his website I believe. Madebymorris.com But he touches into that in the episode as well. So if you get that far. You'll get that good stuff there. And also check the description for his um for his links and shit like that right now we're in the episode enjoy good how are you yeah i'm very very well very well all is well here and uh look at this little slick rick thing you've got going on man i don't i don't wear my hat off that often i just <laughs> not no but you actually mentioned it i don't think i've seen you without a hat on <laughs> whenever i go out Whenever I go out, I hate I hate not wearing it because I just hate fucking around my hair. Like if I if if I didn't wear my hat, I'd just have my hair like yours. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just do that? Yeah, no. Are you scared? Are you worried that you haven't got the right kind of head? Yes, mate. I'm very fucking scared. <laughs> mate, I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> Totally understand. I, I'm not sure how you'd actually look with that, to be honest with you. I don't think I'd look that good, mate, to be honest. Oh, I don't either. You do suit that hair, but at the same time, like, I like, like the hat part of you as well, at the same time. <laughs> I've got it down now. I'll put it on in a bit. <laughs> mate, go and put it on. It makes it feel better. <laughs> no, it's really <right. laughs> <laughs> I Oh, well, I woke up hungover the fuck. Oh my god. I drank a couple of bottles of wine last night, just fucking about playing on Football Manager. Sorry, Champ Manager. I downloaded the 2001, 2002 Championship Manager. <laughs> How old were you then? Uh, like seven? <laughs> nah, five. Five? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm just reliving my childhood, like my teenage years, yeah. playing that. Um, so I was up about three or four, got apps, I mean, I didn't get absolutely hammered, that's a lie, but I had a couple of bottles of wine, and like, when you're big, you kind of metabolise that shit quick, I just woke up with a dodgy stomach, didn't feel bad at all, <laughs> then I've just been out for a, I did a ten mile run, but split in like two five miles, Okay. so basically, I ran the first eight kilometres, so what I was going to do, I was going to run 8 kilometres, walk 2, run 8 kilometres, 
Okay. And then I was going to go to the shop and buy whiskey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what ended up happening was, the way that I planned that first eight kilometres, I was right next to the supermarket. And I had my card in my wallet, just in, in my pocket, just in case. I had my mask and my gloves and all that. So I just went to Little, bought that bottle. And then instead of doing the 2K walk, I just walked home, which is about a kilometre. Okay. Put the whiskey in the house. Then went and did the second eight kilometres. And now, I'm sat here with a whiskey on the rocks. What <laughs> <laughs> well, you up to yourself, lad? I've just been working today. It's a rest day for me, so... I've been pretty much, since lockdown, I've been pretty much in a sort of similar routine, to be honest. Not really much changed, because I work from home anyway. Yeah. So it's not changed any business stuff. And then training-wise, I was training in a, a private facility for a while, and then that got sort of found out, so to speak. Uh, so I wasn't able to train there anymore. So then uh, it took me about two and a half, three weeks to basically go from a garage with loads of boxes in it to a fully set up gym with pretty much everything I need. So I just, I just worked my ass off on Gumtree until, uh, until I found everything. And now I've got a pretty good setup home. So man, I love that. They like that class. <laughs> I had to make the world, man. I can't not train. Um, I just, I, that's the I, thing. And that you're prepping right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I can't just, I can't just sort of come off the gas. So I want to, I want to compete this year. So, and Lee's very confident that the show will go ahead. So, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully all all works out in the end. But even if even if it doesn't work out, it would have still been a productive fat loss phase, and I'll be in a good place to grow. Either way, it's one of those things as well. Like you can take, you can absolutely take pride in the fact that like you fucking kept your head down and you kept fucking moving forward, yeah. regardless of like you like, you don't know what the hell's gonna happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you still, you just go and it's going ahead as if it's going on. Mm. And I think that's really commendable. I honestly do. Thanks, buddy. Like, yeah. It's a hard, I'm, it's a I mean, hard. I'm here with a fucking whiskey. Like, I'm not that ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, <laughs> what are your plans at the moment? Are you, are you still training with weights at all? Or have you just sort of ditched it for this period of time? And Mate, like, I've made, I've made um, like three different sandbags. Okay. So I've got a 20 kilo sandbag, a 40 kilo sandbag, and a 75 kilo sandbag. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of do different stuff with those. I've got a little porch where I can do me pull-ups and all that sort of stuff. Like, I'm honestly just trying to just get by with as little equipment as possible. Sure. But, like, I'm really embracing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just doing all kinds of mad shit. Like, basically, for how long this looks, for how long this goes on for... My sessions are going to basically just be like a shitload of GPP stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I'm going to be ready for whatever I want to do when it's finished. Yeah. But it's like, right now, I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm going to be doing. Are you going to take a, a take a year? Well, powerlifting-wise, is it most competitions are sort of shut down for this year? Yeah, so, well, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I don't really know what the hell is going on because, like, don't stay in touch with it. I'm not that big of a fan of, of the strength sports. I just love training for them. Okay, I see. So, like, I, just, mate, I get bored. I, mate, I get bored watching, like, you see one heavy squat, you've seen them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, I, that is honestly how I feel about it. Okay. So it's like, I kind of, I, it's easy for me to lose touch with all that sort of stuff. So I don't actually know what they're planning competitively. Okay. But... I did hear rumblings of there just being no qualifying totals for the for the for the nationals. Right. 
similar to bodybuilding then. Yeah, so maybe I'll just like fucking rock up and see if I can do something in the 93s. Fair play. <laughs> Me as well. I mean, okay, I mean, well. If I don't have to qualify for shit, I might as well. Yeah, you might as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, hi. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't ever want to do a bodybuilding thing the way, in this situation because that is such an unknown to me still. Haven't okay. went through it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like I don't know how to power lift. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if yeah, I can have, sure. like, so if, it's like, let's just say, for argument's sake, it's towards the back end of the year, if the gyms open back up in July, or the studios open back up in July, and I can actually get some fucking bench done, some bench and squat and some deadlift done, I might just wrap up and just see if I can enter the British and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, for sure, why not? Nah, like, like, for me, this year is kind of like a year just with no rules, and there's just like, whatever the hell you want to do this year, just do it. Yeah, I, think you, I think you need that after last year, and that's a sensible, sensible option. Yeah. It's quite easy to keep throwing yourself into competitive endeavours, and you just need a bit of time to just sort of switch off from that. Man, that's all I've ever known. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few chats about this. That's all I've ever known. It's just like, because it's just like, it was the one thing that I just fucking loved doing. So it was just like, I just threw myself into it year after year after year. And like, because with it being a strength sport in the sense that like, I'm just getting ready for it to be strong. Mm-hmm. It's not the same kind of thing as, as bodybuilding. Where yeah. you do see people, you don't see it on the natural side of things. But you do see people at the Olympia just doing it year after year after year. Yeah. And it's like, but in, on the natural side of things, I just don't think you can do that. Well, you can. You just look kind of worse and worse and worse. And I've seen yeah. That like, <laughs> so like, that was actually one of the things that I wanted to actually bring up with you here. Um, so it's been about, so if, so if all goes well and you can compete this year, yeah. it's been like three years since you've been on the, pla- on, on the stage. Is that right? Mm, mm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be three years to the date that I step on stage that that I'll have been off for. I, the the amount of time I'd spend in a surplus and with the goal of improving will be will be two two total years away from sort of like the dieting aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, three three years is is a pretty standard amount of time I think for someone to make the jump. Like for reference, for anyone listening. That's the jump between junior bodybuilding and then men's open bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So the the main the main thing that the, that's the difference there that will be the reason why I then place okay or, or highly in a men's open class is is simply just muscle maturity and density that that I needed to add. So like size wise, if I competed in in a relevant weight category when I was a junior, I would have done all right because I would have been a lightweight and I would have been up against other lightweights and I would have done okay. I still got beaten by some people on muscle density, but um, size-wise, I probably had enough for that. But then I, I think wrongly in my head, I always thought that, oh, you know, I'll just take two years off and I'll come back and I'll just be a lightweight again, which is about 154 pounds. Um, and my last... My last stage weight was as a junior. The lightest I ever got was like 147, and then but but, but I looked my best at about 150, 152 um, pounds when I was a bit fuller and I hadn't like dieted off just basically just fullness. So I didn't really get much lean. I just dieted off fullness. 
So if I look my best at like 152 two years ago, I don't think I'm going to make 154 with two more years of a very dedicated yeah. kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'm at the moment dieting down. I'm 185 pounds at the moment, and like my upper body's relatively relatively lean. It's not like lean lean, but it's relatively lean. I wouldn't say there's there's like 40 pounds more, 35 yeah. pounds more to come off. Um, I'd say it's more realistic to think about 25, maybe 30 at a max. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, I actually needed needed to take a lot of time off. Um and with with my goals all the time it's it's about being at the sort of the upper end, the top end of bodybuilding and I don't really want to compete unless I'm gonna have a chance at doing that. It's yeah. a sport where it's a sport where you can't guarantee that you're gonna be at the top end because unlike strength sports, you, you you can train to a point where you know you're gonna be probably quite close to a winning total. And of course, still, it doesn't, you don't really know what's going to happen on the day, but you know at least you're going to be very close. With bodybuilding, you gain body fat and you can't see how much progress you've made until you've got it all off. Yeah. And time it all off, it's too late. Yeah. Um, especially natural bodybuilding where it's a long prep. So I just had to like have that sort of security blanket of taking a, an extended phase off. So I knew that I'd built a good, a good amount of muscle. Um, I think that that's probably paid off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like there's a couple of things you said there. So like, um, I think you said you were like 152, looking at your best or something like that. Yeah. And for you to come back into this with three years off, and then if you were to still be able to hit that kind of weight, it just seems to me better. like that your time <laughs> off was pretty fucking unproductive. If that was the case. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, I'd I'd like to be. I'd, I'd like to be at least five pounds heavier on stage, but yeah, I think like, realistically, I think realistically I could be, with what I'm seeing at the moment, I could be eight to ten pounds, if not close to twelve pounds heavier on stage, which is a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, because. But that's what you want yeah. as well though, because it's like, if you actually end up being ten, twelve pounds heavier, like, that means that you've actually maximised this time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I defy all the natural limit on muscle gain because all the research studies say that you can only gain you know the very upper end like a pound or a pound and a half of muscle a year so you'd be looking at maybe you know three pounds different and you get all these evidence-based coaches online which I like them but I also think they're very restrictive in the mindsets and they put up transformations of their physiques over like a year or two years or three years and it's just really demotivating because you see like they've only gained two or three pounds of muscle yeah. but um i've just always liked to train with the mindset and to, to eat with the mindset and to push up my body weight with the mindset that i'm going to gain a lot lot more than that and i've seen people come out of that very very productively so pushing up a little bit further like getting a little bit heavier in return for getting a bit more a bit more strength um training that little bit harder than most people train you know going little bit further with with my intensity than other people would go to managing rest more than others do you know like the marginal gains that you can make um that eventually pile up and and build more muscle than that 1.5 pounds so um i mean yeah like i said now i'm at 185 and i've 185 pounds i started at about 196 197 so i've taken off like 11 or 12 pounds and 
I wasn't even this weight when I started my 2017 prep. I started at 184, and I was really soft at 184. So I know that I know that I wasn't. I was nowhere near this lean. I didn't have abs at 184 last time. I didn't have any detail in my legs. Um, so the the real the real gains really for me will be showing once I get into sort of like once I start to get into the 170s, like the low 170s, early 160s, I'll start to have a real good idea as to how much muscle I've built. Um, because that's when I start to actually look like. You know, like you can see clear separation in every muscle group, not like super stage ready, but clear separation between like quad and hamstring, glute and hamstring. And you know, right now my legs, my legs hold a lot of the body fat, so they sort of just merge into one cloudy mess at the moment. Yeah, um, and, uh, that's that's actually a, a topic that's you know that I talk about a lot is body fat distribution and dieting down. It's pretty hard for a lot of people to try and distinguish the way they look their best because I don't know what it was like with you, but for me, I'm very much like my upper body will come in a long, long way before my legs. So I can have a really, really lean upper body and my legs can still be holding on to a, a pretty significant chunk. Um, I think that's where I'm at pretty much. Like, I think yeah. I'm generally always like that. Yeah. Um, and then it's just playing that, that game of like whether you take off another three, four pounds of body weight in return for getting your legs leaner, but then you lose some fullness off your upper body. Mm. Like, for me, especially, that's a... For you, the amount of muscle you've got, like, if, you know, if we're in a coaching situation with yourself, I'd just say, fuck the upper body fullness a little bit, get those legs where they need to be. Because you've got enough muscle to carry yourself through anyway. Like, there's not many naturals the amount of muscle you have. Mm -hmm. So, you'd be fine, you'd be in that sort of... Your risk reward ratio for you, the risk coming in out of condition is, is, is much higher than the reward of, you know, you coming in out of shape as well. So yeah. I think for me, yeah. it's, it's the case, I, I, I've not got that amount of muscle to play with. So I'm, I'm more so coming in on, on how I can make sure my physique looks balanced head to toe and also bring in the, the sort of my, my selling point, which is, the ability to get into very good condition because in 2017 that's what I did and if I don't do if I don't come in at that style of condition I'll be viewed as being soft in my opinion so right. um that is that is a pressurized situation to be in for sure but um but it's it's one that I'm 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 fine with to be honest yeah um, I'm not sure if, not sure if you've seen like Lee Lee's uh, Lee's views on condition recently about how um like UK FBA Lee Lee Kemp who gave you quite a lot of positive comments yeah um his his top current man. view from like right, yeah he's a top man he is a top man he loved the uh, whiskey by the way um <laughs> he uh he's he's recently put up like posts about how um he he's not a huge fan of like the whole you have to have striated glutes you have to be super super shredded and People coming in like looking emaciated and looking like they're like they're basically like track athletes with a bit of muscle. Um, so, do you do you think the bodybuilding should be a little bit more like that? Do you think bodybuilding should be more about preserving the best look and not just chasing down every striation in the glute and feeling like dog shit to have to get there? Or do you think the modern day bodybuilding is unfortunately about that anyway? All right. So he has a thing with me, right? 
I still, even though I did this competition last year, I still don't feel like my opinion holds on a weight on this sort of stuff. Like, I just don't know enough about it to actually fucking actually say 100% it should be this, it should be that. Um, but it all depends on which way you want to go with it because if you want to reach more people in terms of, like, more viewership, then maybe you do want to go that route where you don't necessarily want to go the whole you've got to have the really super striated glutes to see how much they've actually gotten off because that can be a detriment to how they can look overall. Yeah. And, like, obviously, um, I don't want to bring this about me. This, this is your episode here. I don't want to talk about me and my experience during this. But the, <laughs> Good. the experience in this last year... I did well in my first competition, my regional, and then at the British, I didn't place. And a lot of the feedback that I got from, um, sorry, not the feedback, but basically like the response from people who know me and just like, just neutral people who were just like, they were saying like, I probably should have been third. And I looked at it and like, I could have seen that, but I wasn't that arsed because like, if I'm not winning anything, I'm not that fucking bothered where I've placed personally. Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I'm used to winning things in powerlifting, so if I'm not going to be first, like, second is, second is as good as fucking not placing for me mm. when it comes yeah. to that sort of stuff. You're the same as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, like, it's, it's, it's winning or, or or I don't really care, to be honest. It's like, it's like, it's such a weird thing, right, because obviously with powerlifting and with bodybuilding there's so much you can get out of those out of going through the process of doing it and yeah. Yeah. like i 100% don't discourage people to do that if they're not in a position where they're going to win i would still yeah. encourage them to go through that but it's hard for me to go through something like that if i'm not going to win it yeah purely because i'm used to winning that's it yeah yeah, I was. I've, I've been the same like all all through my competitive career. Like for for people that don't know me, my background was in motorsport. So from the age of eight, I was racing uh, every weekend, and I I, I just I rem- remember like getting seconds and thirds, and you know like my 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 dad would would obviously be along every race with me and like, try and give me encouragement and praise for like coming second and coming third, and I was like, well, it's not. It's not winning, is it? It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not the best. So I'm not not really that content with that. And I'd figure out ways that I can try and get better and where I can improve, as opposed to just sort of. I think the issue, the difference between people who you know do win and end up winning consistently is is then they don't get content with those you know second, thirds, and fourths. They they get them occasionally, and then they they figure out a way to to be better and and to improve on those placings and to move up and consistently win. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, obviously I had a I had a pretty good run in in 2017 with my my shows. I pretty much didn't lose anything. Um. Only came second once, and that second was like the fucking hardest hit of the year. Like I really, really, <laughs> really, really, really hated it. So I was on such a good run, and uh, and it just and it, and it hurts so much more when you like you're surrounded by winning, um, and you uh, and you get a second place. So yeah, are you still there, Stephen? You're frozen.
I've got no fucking idea what happened there. Like, absolutely no idea. So, I mean, I've not watched any porn on this laptop yet. Oh. I just bought it recently. I, uh, <laughs> downloaded, I downloaded an old championship manager yesterday. So That's I really what's going Fuck anything up. <laughs> oh dear me! We were on such a good roll there as well with what we were talking about, and I just I know, I know, I know where we're at. We're at the bit where I was talking about second places. That's the one, right? So, so me, are you recording already? Yeah, I am. I all right, cool. So yeah, basically, I was talking about so second place at the the BNBF British Finals is the one the one second place that I got. In, in 2017. And, um, yeah, I was, I was beaten by someone very, very good. But, uh, again, it's one of those, one of those situations where as a bodybuilder, you know, you, you have a lot of people who support you and you, you as an athlete, um, are the one that they always want to win. So yeah. you have like, you have like biased and unbiased, biased and unbiased opinions. Actually, it's not like powerlifting where, you know, obviously, you know, you'll probably get some things like, I can imagine, like, oh, did he hit depth or did he not hit depth or some yeah. shit like that. But besides that, it's like, you know, people either pull a deadlift off the floor or they don't. So, you mm. know, your family can't really come over to you and say, oh, well, I thought you pulled it, but you didn't, like, you know. But yeah. in, in bodybuilding, you get this whole wave of people post-show saying, you know, you should have you should have won or I, I had you come first. And then you get, you know, the occasional judges that might even message you after the show and say, oh, well, I had you first on my scorecards, and it doesn't really, really help because it nah, doesn't it the result. Um, and this is something that actually I'm very careful with on social media is is uh, is sharing my journey so much so that I don't, I don't like getting just consistent smoke being fucking blown up my ass through progress photos and stuff like that because it makes a lot of people feel you know almost like content and then they lack they lack a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. um especially with people with huge followings like influencers and things like that they i see i see them just start to improve less and less yeah. as time goes on um not not all of them don't get me wrong but but some of them for sure because they just lack the self-awareness to know that they can still get better and their following yeah. is saying they they look amazing or they're you know, their, their Olympia standard or, or whatever needs to be said to, to make them feel like the dog's bollocks. <laughs> um, so, so, so for me, I, I need to, especially with the goals that I have got, until I, until I get very, very close to achieving all of them and I have achieved all of them, then I'm not going to let that kind of stuff get to me. And there's very few people that like when, when the select people that I care or, or I trust a lot, do give me compliments or say that, you know, I've made pro- progress or whatever. I take, I take that as sort of like my gospel measure of an indication of progress as opposed to just like comments on social media. Um, and that's, that's been a big thing for me as, as the social media side of things has grown a lot. Cause, um, you know, when I started bodyboarding, I had like 2000 followers on Instagram and now I have, you know, coming up to 30k. So it's a big, big difference in terms of, who's there and who's giving you advice mm-hmm. um and uh, it's crazy in, in a matter of you know four or five years how how everything can change in terms of 
who you're speaking to and and who's who's sort of opinion you have in your life. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely, mate. Like, and it's one of those things as well where like you don't want to sound like an arsehole or anything like that, but it's like no. if it's somebody who doesn't actually know about bodybuilding, like. I don't know how, for me, when I was going through it, like, if you don't actually know much about bodybuilding, or even if you were competing, but on the drug side of things and not the natty side of things, I didn't really give a fuck what your opinion was. (laughs) Because it it sounds horrible, and people are trying to be nice and supportive and everything. But it's like, uh, like it it doesn't help anything at all. Like, it really doesn't, like, unless you actually know what you're talking about. And even then, like, unless you're actually the judge that was on the fucking table at that point in time, it doesn't really fucking matter what you think happened. Because, like, you always hear about the politics and bodybuilding and all that sort of stuff. And, like, as I say, I don't know enough about the Federation that I, I don't know about. I don't know enough about the UK DFBA that I competed in last year. I know nothing about the BNBF, so I don't know about the whole politics side of things. But, like... When it comes to all that, like, I just want to compete. That's all I want to do. I don't want to be involved in all the politics. I don't care what, like, people think of me and all that. I just want to just go and let loose. Because it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I think it's a big a big issue that parts a lot of people off sometimes is that they hear about the politics and they hear about, oh, you've got to be in with this federation or in with that federation to do well and, it does defer people away. And, and then again, you get people who, you know, they see results of shows and they think that it was politically judged or favoured in certain certain ways. And I know with the UKDBA, there is none of that because I know a lot of people who are very close friends with Lee, for example. And if they place outside of the top five, they place out of the top, out of the top five consistently. Yeah. Um, there's people who are helping within the UKDFBA. They work backstage. They 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 work for for no money backstage and they come and compete. And if they come last, they come last. Yeah. You know, they they, they don't get any special favouritism or anything like that. Well, that's just um, the way it should be though. That is the way it should be. But um some some sometimes maybe it's not, but um uh, I don't. I don't know. I think the judging that I've been in, every situation that I've been in as a bodybuilder like myself, I've I've had as fair calls. Um, mm. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when I when I came second to the BNBF, I don't think that I won that. I thought that I did come second. Yeah. In fact, there was an argument. In fact, there's an argument in my head for me to come third because the guys in in third and the guy who won were very very good bodybuilders. So. Um, like I'm not bitter about that at all. It's just it was a disappointment to to not have unbeaten junior sort of on uh, in my in my bio. But <laughs> that's uh, that, that is what it is. No, no problem there. It's fine. Like when you think um, that way, right? You just said that you're on about thirty thousand followers now, right? So mm-hmm. if your bio said unbeaten fucking junior, two thousand seventeen, I wouldn't put it in my bio, area, mate. <laughs> I would I wouldn't really put it in the bio. That's fucking that's that's something you shouldn't add to bio. I'm glad to hear it because that's, because to be fair, that's a proper asshole scumbag move. <laughs> <laughs> it really is awful. Um, I, I would have put someone Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. I actually see stuff like this in powerlifting all the time. So you'll see a junior win the junior worlds, 
And then, yeah. they'll just, and then they'll put on the bio, IPF world champion. Well, then but not you're not, you're, not the the, you're the junior champion. You didn't yeah. win the fucking Open. <laughs> I see it all the time. And it's just like, it's this yeah. pressure of like needing to look and sound better than you actually are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, people are so pressured by that these days. And it's just like, just be your fucking self. Usually about six, six on the table, yeah. Oh, six. That's me 
putting my happiness into the hands of six people that I don't fucking know. Yeah. yeah. So why am I going to give somebody that power? <clears throat> so, like, I just, when it actually happened, don't get me wrong, I looked at it and I just went like, uh, I think I was good enough to play somewhere, but at the same time, I knew I wasn't good enough to win it. Yeah. So I didn't really give a fuck where I came. Didn't matter. Second is the same as tenth for me in something yeah. like that. So yeah. like, 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 like we said before, but it's like you don't want to give that power to somebody else. You've yeah. got the ability to make yourself happy. Yeah. Nobody else should have that power. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. everybody wants to win something. Like, yeah, it's about that self, self sort of actualizing journey, and it's it's more about some something that I always ask my clients. It's like you've got to have a strong why that's not necessarily just result. Um, oh, definitely. Okay. It's like you've got to do this. It's like part of the reason why I'm prepping now is like I'm, I don't necessarily do it just to get on stage and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, here's your pro card or here's your your British Championship." <laughs> Uh, I do it because I love I love the training and I love the dieting and I love the, the the element of pushing my body that that hard you know and I like I like I like how I look when I diet down um and I like seeing all the work that I've put in you know so and that was always part of my long term plan this year you know dieting down and seeing the work that I've put in the last two years so even if the stage in there at the end of course it wouldn't make sense to get all the way to stage because it's just detrimental to your health for no real competitive reason mm-hmm. um but getting lean enough to sort of see the progress is definitely still something that i'm chasing down and that's not relative to a, a performance or achievement relative goal like with in regards to sort of like a trophy or a placing yeah it's more to do just sort of what what i'm chasing myself which is ultimately building a physique that i'm proud of and not necessarily i'm like totally content with it because i don't think i'm ever going to be that way but you know, the, the challenge aspect of improving on last time is something that a lot of bodybuilders get sort of confused about. They don't really get that the whole challenge of beating your, your previous best physique is is why really we're, we're stepping on stage again and again is to sort of beat last time. And that's why referring back to the first sort of topic is it's why off-seasons are so important. It's why actually taking time away from the stage is something that, you need to do if you want to to get consistently better and then yeah. it's about using the off season well and not just switching off completely mm-hmm. um and actually building a strategy to put on more muscle in the off season even if you're you're still at a good level of muscularity you can still use those phases very effectively to improve and go beyond the potential that you had before so yeah for sure i think a lot of people do miss out on those those periods of time where they could be could be getting better. Um, that's why, unfortunately, you do see you know people who do compete more frequently look the same, or if not, they they actually start just just going backwards. Um, a lot of the clients that do come to me and I force them down the route of taking longer off seasons. That's why they look better, and that's why they you know females as well. That's why they step on stage with better health at the end of the prep, you know, or better health after the prep rather than just continually being smashed down into that suppressed state hormonally, physically, and then coming out of it worse for wear and having to spend a long fucking time trying to be rebuild all that's lost. So um not that it's not important for males, but it's 
very prevalent in the female sort of side of things. Um, you can you can really really start to affect your your life in a big way with with competition, which is sad. It's crazy, like when you think about it, because like there's not that much money involved in it. Like let's be honest. Oh, yeah, pretty much there's none. Like not directly just from the actual competition itself. But if you do a good enough job as a coach, if you do a good enough job as an athlete, and you kind of know what you're talking about, and you express that in a certain way on social media, then it gets easier to, to attract clients. Yeah, but, yeah maybe. And it's sure. like, I, I often wonder if this is why people try and compete year after year after year after year after year, because they're worried that if they don't compete, that it's going to affect that sort of stuff, or like, it's oh, more of a shit. Yeah, for some people, like, competing is their identity. It's the only yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually okay. kind of makes them happy. And I was like, I was that way for a very long time in powerlifting. And it's like, it's a dangerous, it, it's a dangerous route to go down sure. in something like that. But it's infinitely more dangerous in bodybuilding because mm. it can, it, it can seriously fuck your health up. Yeah, for sure. Like, So I I recorded uh, a podcast with the guy who helped me get ready for this, basically. And, like, it it was one of those things where I planned 95% of it and he was just basically signing off. It was, like, rather than... He wouldn't want to call himself a coach. It was more of a consultancy thing. And it was, like... It was an excuse. Yeah, it was really an excuse for me to just catch up with a mate that I haven't fucking spoken to for a good while. (laughs) And he just helped me get ready for this competition, these competitions. And it's like, when I think about it now, it's like, I don't understand why people would want to do this year after year after year (laughs) after year. Because it's not nice. And it's like, (laughs) the things that people don't actually tell you about are the things that you actually need to know before you do it. Like, I swear to God, I didn't have a good boner for, like, three months after the British. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> luckily enough, I'm single. But it's yeah. like, if I had a missus and I didn't have a good boner for three months, like, what yeah. the hell is that about? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, people, it's, uh... people get so fixated on the abs and the striations and how full you looked and all that. But then yeah. if I told you right then... Would that be worth it if you couldn't actually have sex with your wife or your girlfriend for like three or four months after it? Mm-hmm. And like, people would say no. I see that actually worries me because I think a lot of people would actually still say it would be worth it. Yeah, and if they if they say it's worth it, then they've probably got to have understanding people in their lives. Fucking um, hell! But uh, or yeah, it's got to be these asshole fucking asshole. Alphas who like just whatever they say goes, and they're just yeah, like man, fucking partner. Yeah, I think I think there's a fine balance for sure, and you've got to like as a coach, I always prepare pretty much all of my athletes for what's going to happen, especially if they are in a relationship. I I, I make sure that they're aware that this is going to put a lot of fucking pressure on it. Um, it's even even when you prepare them. Yeah, even when you prepare them, it's still still shit goes wrong. Yeah. And uh, you you can't, unfortunately, some of the time you can fix it, some of the time, you know, people have split up during a prep and they've gotten back together with whoever they were with, but 
some of the time you can't fix what is lost and then they're fucked off the prep because they've lost everything that they once had and it's just a complete mess. So, yeah, so it's a shame. It's a shame. But that's what bodybuilding is like sometimes. It chews you up and it spits you out a bit more than you would like. Oh, mate, absolutely. But at the same time, that only happens if you let it happen to you. Totally true. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's good totally. that you actually kind of take the time to prepare people for that side of things because yeah. I honestly wonder how often that does happen with other coaches mm-hmm. where they're just oh, thinking, oh. like, I'll get these ready on stage, I'll get their pictures, then that's my marketing for the next 12 months. Yeah. I don't give a yeah. fuck what happens to them in their personal life. But, like, it's, it's sad, but a lot of people are like that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people just don't even actually think about it either. Like, a lot of people would just kind of do it and not prepare them out of, like, I don't know if ignorance is a, is a harsh word to use here, but, like, a lot of people would just kind of be like, ah, fuck it. It's one of those things. Yeah. It happens. They'll know about it. Yeah, yeah. that That's totally true. It is ignorance on a lot of coaches' part, and uh, that's why there is a lot of bodybuilders that do one prep and then don't ever do a prep again because... They figure out either they don't like it or they figure out it just completely wrecks their life and then they're like, Well, I can't can't do that again. But mm. there are there are sustainable ways to bodybuild, you know, and that is one of the most sustainable ways to bodybuild is take frequent time off. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, I just I don't understand why people would want to do it like year after year after year anyway. But like when I got ready for the ones last year, one of the things that I said was like so I looked at the way that I handled my powerlifting and I would go through periods of deliberately cutting people out of my life because the only thing that mattered to me was fucking training and competing. So yeah. then 2017, the year you actually fucking won your Worlds was when I took my last Worlds. Like I didn't do another Worlds from then in powerlifting. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of just to mentally rebuild and just be like, right, this is all I've known from the age of 17. I've just trained, gotten ready for a comp, went with it national, and that's pretty much been my life. Like, I can count the amount of actual holidays I've had on one hand since being 17 because every single time I went, every single time I went away abroad, it was for a competition. And I still got to see shit, but it's not a holiday, is it? No, no, no. Like, yeah. you've got a job to do. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not yeah. the same thing. So like, now, so when I actually got ready for that bodybuilding competition, one of the things that I said was, I want to make sure that I go about it completely differently. And it's like, if it's a choice between me having to go to the gym or going to the park and fucking having ice cream with me godson, like, I'm choosing the ice cream with me godson every time. And it's yeah. like, I can't do it every single time. But it's like, if I'm 16 weeks out, 12 weeks out, I can make something like that fit. Sure. Four, I'd be like six months out from powerlifting where I don't even need to worry about how I look. And I'd be yeah. like, nah, not doing it. Yeah, nah, sure. I need a rest. Nah, not doing it. And it's just like, so with me, I wasn't that bothered about the result of my first run at, power, at bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I kind of just looked at it as a trial run. I wanted to see how far I could take it on both sides of it. So how how lean could I get? But also how much could I enjoy the time leading up to it? So before yeah. that British finals, 
I went away on the on the lad who helped me get ready for the bodybuilding competition. I went away to Madaluf on his stag three weeks out from the fucking British. And like didn't get shit faced and out like that. I had a few shots here and there, made yeah. good decisions at the fucking buffet and all that. And it's like it's one of those things, like I didn't really care like if I had got the opportunity to go to the world championships, I would have done it. I would have found a way and I would have done it. Yeah. But it was just to see what the hell I could actually do in the sport and if I enjoyed it. So mm. rather than going all in straight away, I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to go and see how I can do with doing something like that as well. And sure. yeah. like, it's one of those things. Had I had stayed home, I doubt I would have went from did not place to win. Do you know what I mean? So then, no, no. I, I if don't I think hadn't so, but... went, I would have been fucking raging that I didn't go. Yeah, fair play. Well, then, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the smart decision. And that's, you know, that's, again, like, one of my good friends, uh, Valentin, made a post on Instagram a long time ago. It says, like, the main title of it was saying how with every yes, there is a no. So if you say yes to, to going to Magaluf, you're probably saying no to placing in the top five of the British final, to be fair. Um, but if you say no to, to, to Magaluf, you're missing out on a lot of things, but you're maybe saying yes to full commitment to getting as lean as you needed to be for the British finals and then placing maybe in the top five, maybe in the top three, maybe winning it. You never know. Um, and that, that is, that is bodybuilding. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest, like with the way that whole thing went. Like, I learned a lot from that first little prep. So, like, because of the way that I'd approached the training before I decided to do it, my activity was just way too high. Okay. So you'd so, run out, yeah, you'd run out of ammo, hadn't you? Yeah. So when I finished that first comp, the very first, the qualifier that I did, yeah. like, I upped my effort fucking shitloads. I was doing an extra, like, hour of cardio a day from there like progressively up to that point and I didn't look that much different and I honestly just think it was because I was just like I dieted for a good year and a half yeah I remember just too too, too long of a fat loss phase well that's it and it's just like but as I say it's like because I wasn't focused on the outcome of it yeah I ended up learning more in the long run because there's so many factors to it like I got a posing coach and I fucking just doubled down on that sort of stuff. Like, there was just loads of little things that a lot of people would probably overlook if they were just thinking about the outcome. But because I wasn't bothered about the outcome, I was more bothered about the process of it. Like, I I, I recognized the importance of posing straight away. And I was doing that at least once every two weeks if not once every week, whenever I could, like, with yeah. me coach. And I was pausing most days in, like, on my own time and just making sure that, that was all down. Like, I really got into the process of going for the walks and everything. And it wasn't just, like, it wasn't just a means to an end for me getting as lean as possible. It was, like, every time I went out, I was kind of just thinking about the way that I'd led my life before that. And there was just, like, there was so much I took from it that I honestly didn't give a fuck about the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, it's the first, and it's like, with me, for coming from the background that I did, and obviously having the world record in squat and total, in powerlifting and everything, I was always going to have pressure on us from other people. So it's made it a point to say, like, look, yeah, if you're thinking like this, I'd appreciate you kept it to yourself and just let me just enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that pressure gets too much for me, it just does me fucking head in. It's like, I would much rather people would give me compliments for my mindset yeah, than yeah. I would how I look. But that's all people care about. People just care how you look. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you look really good right now. And I'm like, I don't want to be cocky, but like, yeah, I fucking know I do. <laughs> I've been squatting my arse off for like, what, 14 years? Like, like, I've done all this to build all that muscles that I would have a good fucking chance in bodybuilding. Didn't think at the time, but yeah. kind of now I think about it, my base in powerlifting is the best thing that could happen to me in, power, in, in bodybuilding. And it's like, I know I look good. Like, why don't you... Like, why don't you actually think about why I look good? Because yeah. if you just, if you're just focused on how I look, you're not going to have a chance to get there. Yeah. But if you think about what I've done to make myself look that way, then you might actually have a shot at doing something significant yourself. And people just don't want to fucking do that, man. No, no, they uh. Bodybuilders, unfortunately, want, like, instant gratification and instant results and, and quick, quick routes to get into where they want to be. And obviously, I think the, the, the main issue, perhaps, with, with yourself is that they saw you come into bodybuilding and they thought, oh, okay, well, he's only doing, he's only done bodybuilding for a short period of time. So it must look like this is a result of the bodybuilding training. When in reality, the, the, <laughs> uh, like, you know, the, the the reason why you look the way you do is is probably two percent down to the bodybuilding training and ninety eight percent down to the, the powerlifting. Um, the training didn't even change that much. No, it wouldn't have done. No, it really yeah. didn't change that much. It wouldn't. I just walked a lot more. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much it. I just walked a lot more. Yeah, and like, yeah. like a set of twelve skull crushers would end up being like a fucking superset. Like, so, uh, it's like a, a drop set. Yeah. And it's like, I would just do a shitload more time under tension. And that was about it. <laughs> I trained me, I trained me extremities a bit differently. But yeah. I, mate, I still, I still fucking deadlifted, um, 300k, I think, on, in Magaluf three weeks before. Yeah, I know, I know, man. It's crazy. Fucking it's hell. like, I, me training didn't really change that much. Like, I think it would have been stupid of me to change me training that much. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. It would because have been the diet had to change significantly. I think it would have been crazy for me to do that, do that significant change in the diet, and then also throw me training up in the air as yeah. well. It's like it's just too much for me mind to fucking cope with. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things was was like consistent. Yeah, yeah. I think you made the right decision there, hundred um, percent, because you're so sort of sk- your, your skill with all of these lifts is so so well developed that even during a deficit even when you're losing weight yes you know your mechanics change a little bit and the bar won't feel as comfortable in your back and deadlift patterns might feel a little bit different but 
you've done it for so long and also you've done it at so many different body weights as well as you've you know yeah, unfortunately that <laughs> you kind of know how things will feel so yeah I wouldn't I you know if, if I was having role, any role to play in that I, I would have done the exact same I would have kept all your all your basic powerlifting movements in and just rinsed them and maybe done a little bit more bodybuilding rep range style work. But other than that, and just the same sort of shit that's built all the muscle would keep all the muscle. So, yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Yeah, I've got to say, though, I know I know we're running out of time a little bit here. I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but I've got to say, I am looking forward to when we actually fucking do this properly. Mate, tell me about it. I think one of the things in the back of my mind that I'm very, very much looking forward to, for sure. Um... And, uh, yeah, I think, I think the thing is, you know, you, you obviously, you know, your first year is like just sort of, like you said, figuring out whether you like it and understanding a little bit more about your body and understanding how you can push yourself and all these different things and mostly just finding that enjoyment. Um, and obviously in combination with the still continuing to try and enjoy it as much as possible, I think ourselves working together would be about trying to to really realize your like your true potential in the sport because there is there is a lot a lot and i hope you know anyone that listens to this realizes that there's a there is a lot of uncapped very very good bodybuilding potential with your your physique um you know like you know when you first stepped on stage at that show i think it's the first time i've seen an audience like literally fucking shocked at physique like that shock shocked fucking crazy that you know like yeah. didn't know I had no idea what to expect mate and it's just like I was I think I was like the second lot of people out so like I was at the sides watching the other people do their their first fucking posing and then I came on second and then just like the crowd was pretty quiet for the first bit. And then every time I did something, it was just like, fuck. I was just like, oh, Jesus, man. I didn't actually realise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you just, on that day especially, you came up against a very, very tough class. You know, you came up against Ben, who would eventually win his pro card. And, yeah, you know, he's like, such a good guy as well. Yeah. And it was it was a, it was a little bit moderately unfortunate on that day that you came up against sort of um, uh, such a paralleled physique is that you know you had an amazing amount of muscle, mm-hmm. a distracting amount of muscle, and then <laughs> Ben had a distracting amount of of condition and balance and and uh, it's you know it's just about for, for you it's it's a case of essentially just getting that that little bit leaner to to catch up to those guys that that have that level of of condition because muscularity wise it's all it's all there um so yeah, it's gonna be very exciting mate but yeah, uh, well, well we'll be pushing for the middleweights anyway won't we yes yeah i think that's i think that's realistically where you're gonna be with your height um and uh that's 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 very worrying <laughs> for any middleweights <laughs> that's very very worrying because you know, uh... Whenever that happens, it's going to be... Um, awesome. It's not my problem, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> you won't... thing is, you won't look like a middleweight. You won't... You'll look like a... Because if you, if you get the amount of weight off that was needed from the, the heavyweights to go down to the middleweights, 
trust me when I say this, you're only going to look bigger. Um, because, you know, you might, you might think that you'll look smaller, but you'll feel small. You'll mm-hmm. feel small when you're dieting down and when... I felt small then, man! Uh, you'll feel really small, but you'll have to just put up with it because on stage you'll look so much bigger with the, that extra little bit of weight off. Do you know what, though? That didn't actually bother me that much. Did it not? No, it doesn't... It's funny enough, it doesn't bother me either. It really didn't bother I, me that much because it was just like... I don't know, like... I didn't do it for the vanity side of things. I didn't <laughs> do it to look better. I did it because I was curious to see if I could do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, when I actually think about it, like, I was probably, like, if I could pick any physique and have that physique year-round, I was probably, like, seven or eight weeks out from the fucking first comp when I actually found that perfect physique. I was just like, that was unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it didn't really bother, like, I didn't care about how I was going to look closer to the day. Like, I just, I was just curious to see if I could do it for one, if I had the mental strength to get through something like that. And also, just like, one of the big things for me is, I don't like having an opinion on things, like I said before. I don't like having an opinion on things and I haven't went through them before. Sure. So I had an idea of what bodybuilders were doing wrong to a degree, but I didn't want to ever kind of come out and say, you're doing this wrong, because, like... Who am I to fucking say that? I'm a power lifter. I haven't ever done it before. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, and I hate it when people like, I'm, and that's just purely because like, whenever I've been on forums and stuff like that, and I see people saying, "Oh yeah, he should have done this. He should have done that." It's always coming from people who haven't got a clue, like what it takes to get to that kind of level. Yeah. And I don't ever want to be dismissive of people like that, but it's like your opinion means fuck all in that case. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Like, I, I don't want to be a dick. Agreed. But, but, like, if you haven't ever fucking... Like, take like take this fucking Thor Bjornsson thing. By the way, he's a big fucking baby. It's absolutely unbelievable how much of a baby he is. But that 501 kilo deadlift, I saw people on forums saying seems a bit cowardly to only break it by one kilo. And it's like, right then. There's a very good chance the person who's typed that hasn't even pulled 250. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very good chance. Yeah, so yeah. unless you've actually fucking gotten anywhere near that, yeah. shut the fuck up and just enjoy the lift for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with that. Like, I don't like having opinions on bodybuilding because I hadn't done it before. Uh-huh. And I will probably say that, like, so the, the thing with me was, like, um, for me, most people who do it just take it too far. Yeah, sure. Like, the people who are going to be contending for things, they should be taking it fucking really seriously. Yeah. But the person who's doing it to maybe place, don't take it that seriously. Just fucking do it and learn from it and, like, do it to improve the quality of life. Like, do it to improve your discipline so that the things that you do in your everyday life get better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't just do it because you want to get another percentage fucking body fat off and maybe go from fifth to four. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, mean. yeah, I understand. I understand what you mean. I think it's hard with our mindsets, you know, the winning mindset kind of thing to, to sort of think about what it's like to be in that sort of like fifth, fourth, third, like kind of the lower end of the pack kind of thing. It's, it's hard to, to imagine what some people think about when they're, when they're there. 
But Dude, um, I envy those people a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's just I maybe envy those people a lot of the time. I would love. That's why I'm enjoying running so much because I'm not yeah. expecting to be good at running. Yeah. So if I fucking enter a half marathon, an official half marathon, no one's gonna fucking say, "Oh, I bet you're gonna win this." Yeah, it's no true, one's true. gonna say that to me. It's why I'm enjoying running so much. Less I pressure. honestly do. I do envy those people sometimes. It's like everybody wants that glory, mm. but it's like it's overrated. Yeah, for sure. Unless you've got all the things, if, unless you've got all the supportism in your life, the relationships, the friendships, a good job, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't fucking matter what you do in a sport because as soon as you're done in that sport, other than the hardcores, you're going to be fucking largely forgotten about. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it, just, it doesn't really make any sense. And it's like, I think a lot of people probably will realise that, but just way too late. Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. Agreed. Right, mate, I'm not going to take you up any longer, um, but I just do want to actually get your thoughts on, like, that's what, I just want to get an idea of how this lockdown actually is for you. Sure, so, oh, first of all, like, thanks for having me on, man, I really appreciate it. Um, in mate, terms... good to catch up. Yeah, it's great to catch up. Um, in terms of the lockdown for me, so, sort of like I, I alluded to at the start, hasn't really changed a lot for me. Um Business is still running decent as as always. Um, training is going down in my my garage setup at the moment, so I've managed to get pretty solid setup there, so I can pretty much replicate most sessions. Just a few little changes, obviously, where I had machines previously. It's back down to all basics, and to be honest, I'm I must admit, like I quite like it. I quite like training in the garage setup. I quite like sort of just having my own space and not having other people in there. I mean, I, I love I love it, obviously, when I'm in the gym because I get to train with my training partners and they're, they're a huge part of my progress. But the other people in there sometimes distracting, sometimes pull away from your sessions. And so, yeah, I, I do really like that aspect and the ease and accessibility of just having, you know, pretty much a good setup in the back garden kind of garage setup is, is really nice. Um, other than that, really, like, my opinions and views is that it's, it's fucked up the year quite massively for bodybuilding. Like, see, I had a huge, I had a huge plan of, of clients getting on stage. My first client was meant to be stepping on stage this year, next weekend. It's meant to be the first show of the UK FBA season next weekend. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shitter really because bodybuilding and going to shows has been a part of my life for the last de- half decade really. So every bodybuilding show I can be at, I've been at. So, I'm not, I'm not going to have that, you know, I'm not going to have a show to go to until October, it's huge, so, you know, and that part of coaching for me is taken away for a pretty much whole year, and I've only got, like, that withers of my team that are left that are wanting to do shows, because I've only, I've only encouraged the people that are, like, really, really wanting to do this year, mm-hmm. um, or this is, like, they're kind of, like, their last year to sort of have a shot at it before they're going to definitely take another year or two off. Yeah. Whereas their last year as a junior or something like that. So the other people I've just encouraged to say, just look, let, let's leave it this year because I don't want them, like, for example, like first time, first time competitor, getting all the way lean and then being told they can't compete in October. I just feel so bad. So yeah. um, I've told them. To be them, fair as well, mate, all that does is add to your stress as well. Oh, massively. So. Because it's like you, like, 
it's so much more comfortable coaching when you know that people have a gym to go and fucking coach at. Yeah. But, like, you've now got, I don't know how many fucking um, clients you've got, but let's just say you've got 20 different people who now have 20 different fucking situations where they can't get to a gym. So, like, you now need to find out what stuff they've got, what they can do, yeah. what's going to be the most effective, and yeah. you're trying to prep on the off chance that these competitions go ahead as well. Mm. That doesn't sound good for you as an athlete or you as a coach. No. Yeah, it, has been, it has been a little bit messy on that side of things, but um, luckily enough, it's, it's encouraged me to to really sort of like develop my programming brain a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and think outside the box, mm. you know, like it's so easy, so easy for me to program in the gym. I've been doing it for years and yeah. can write programs like the back of my hand. But when it comes to like working with a select amount of equipment, like for example, one of my female clients has got a set of 50 kilo dumbbells, a set of 17s and some bands. A set of 50 kilo dumbbells? Trust me, it's the best investment she, she probably has made the whole lockdown because she's just doing like, everything for like back legs um and maybe yeah pretty much back and legs her entire posterior chain is just the 50 kilo dumbbells and just attaching more stuff to them so like now she can do now she can do like 50 kilo well she's attached weight to it to make it 60 kilos so she's doing like 60 kilo dumbbell rdls for like with paused reps for like 15 15 reps rowing 50 kilos single arm like she's doing everything with the 50 kilos and she just looks ridiculous because she's just been forced to use a 50 kilo for pretty much everything yeah so um so yeah it's it's, it's nice um and it's also the balance of like having to to play a role in clients motivation um, because motivation for, for the people that I work with usually is very, very intrinsic and they don't really need much motivating. But um, when they're training in their bedroom and or the, their garden, they, they need a little bit of the kick up the arse sometimes. Like they, they just keep, you know, missing calves out or, or something like that. You know, they're doing little things that just don't really make sense and don't really like they wouldn't be things that they'd normally do in a gym situation so sort of like waking them up and saying look you know quit fucking missing calves quit missing your abs at the end of sessions like these are things that we wouldn't normally be missing in the gym so why are you missing them now oh to be fair like like i've got to do all that stuff at the start or i will miss it yeah so that's that's the solution i use as well i just so made just one of those things like, like i've never trained calves in my life until i got ready for that bodybuilding comp yeah, um, yeah i can imagine if i don't do it at the very start when i've done all that heavy shit i'm just yeah. gonna out and go home yeah the last thing you want to <laughs> do after squatting like you know 250 plus is like fucking do calves yeah. <laughs> me i didn't even train abs yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do any abs whatsoever. You didn't need to train abs though, mate. Like you, you use your abs plenty enough in all of your compound lifts. You don't this need to train what abs. I tell right. people that nobody fucking believes us ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. They just like they just think that I'm just like only telling them like half of the story. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every single time, it's like, oh yeah, how do I get a six pack? Okay. Stop, stop eating like a fucking arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But people don't want it to be that. Like, people just want it. Like, people want to believe. So what I always say to people like that is, 
All right, then. Let's just say that you were coming to me asking, like, the only thing that you are unhappy with was the amount of body fat you hold in your cheeks. Mm. Now, what would you say to me if I said, right, then, all I want you to do is just chew chewing gum all day? It's just bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a, a quick solution. You yeah. use those muscles in and around that area. So, yeah. by, so by that logic that you have with your, with your ab theory, that should work. If I just chew chewing gum all day, uh-huh. then... My face will come down. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. No, no. Do your fucking compounds, stop being like an arsehole, and you'll be sound. Yeah, yeah. And that's all 95% of people in the world need to hear and need to do. It is. Yeah, but they just right. want to make it so fucking overly complicated. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so true. Unbelievable. Cool, man. Right, mate, I'm going to let you get away here because I've kept you about 20 minutes later than I said I would. I'm very sorry about that. No stress, it's been good. So have you got any any final thoughts? Anything you need to plug? I'm not massively, man, but, you know, like I said, thank you very much for having me. Anyone that did did listen, like, thanks very much for, for listening. If you if you do want to follow me and you don't already follow me, then uh, AJ Morris underscore is my, my Instagram and I do have a website as well if anyone is interested in inquiring for for coaching and that side of things and uh, looking at the membership site if you're interested in video content. Um, so that's at madebymorriscoaching.com. Um, so, yeah, thanks again. And, uh, I'm yeah, sure man, you're such to... a cutie. Ah, <laughs> mate, as are you. Oh, wait, actually, right, before we do go, I need to bring this up because it's funny as fuck. Okay. Right. Can you remember when I was getting ready for that first competition mm-hmm. and then you put a comment on my pictures saying, if you can get that extra bit of body fat off, you'll be really good or something like that. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> but I was totally taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, was, it, was, it was a true comment, though. <laughs> my sense of humor is so fucked up. Where, like, I love making people feel uncomfortable like that. So when you said that, I knew for a fact that you knew what you were talking about. And you were just kind of being, like, objective and giving us some advice. But yeah. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to make them think I'm offended, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that first comment, But yeah. the thing is, though, mate, when you actually private messaged me and you said, like, oh, mate, I didn't make any offence by that. That's when I knew you were the kind of guy I could vibe with. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I actually saw you at that competition, we had a fucking good old laugh. To be fair, yeah, like, mate, we, we had a last chat. Yeah, that's good times, man. Mate. I'm sure we'll catch up soon in person, hopefully. Um, Definitely. Mate, you'll have, you'll have to when you're coaching us. I'll come to see you all the time when when you're coaching us. Yeah, that would yeah. be fantastic, mate. Yeah, you don't live crazy far away, so we can make that work. Cool. But yeah, the thing though, mate, it's one, it's it's one of those like I know I've got the talent to do what I need to do. Yeah. But it's like when I send you that fucking joke, I mean, I'm like a dog that's just chasing his tail. I don't know where I'm going. I you need are. you to keep me fucking in line. I would, I would do that job, man. I'm looking forward to do that man. job. And the thing is, it's like I'll respect it because I know that you know what the fuck you're doing, and you wouldn't tell us to do something. I didn't have a going to bed at half nine all the time, though. <laughs> you need to talk me through this. Uh, you go, before you go, you need to tell me why you go to bed at half nine all the time. We, we, we can meet halfway on that. I don't go to bed all the time at half nine, man. Usually, at the moment, it's like 10, 10.30, but 
It's the, I have my bad nights as well, mate. When work is busy, it can quite easily get later and later. So um, the main thing is just having like a routine, having a setup and being somewhat structured with, with sleep because the leaner you get, the more that that becomes such a pivotal variable in terms of like controlling how lean you get and also how much muscle you hold. And when you're going to be playing with like the goals that, I think you can achieve without putting too much pressure on. Then ah, the, the, worry about the, that. the marginal gains that I've got right now, out. I'm gonna fucking smash everything when I actually get ready for it. I know you will. I know you will. So like, like I said, you know, the margin, the marginal gains do do really add up when you're at the the upper end of um of of the goals that you want to want to achieve. It's just like powerlifting, you know, like the 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 bigger total you want to chase, the more meticulous you have to be with everything you do. Yeah, um, absolutely, mate. So just the same in bodybuilding. So, yeah. But we'll nail it, mate. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> right. Well, have a good rest of your evening and um, we'll chat soon. Yes, absolutely, mate. Right, thanks for coming on. Pleasure, dude. I'll catch you soon, lad. Catch you later, matey. Bye.